Sarah Rose story. My name is Glenn Klein. Sarah, what's your story? Hey, Glenn. So the story today is porn. I know you teased that at the end of our last episode together. So here we go. The, uh, the big porn talk. Porn is such a hot topic, right? And one thing that I really, really, really hate about what's going on in society right now is porn shaming. And the reason I don't like this is because porn shaming is sex shaming. Porn is another aspect of our sexuality. And everyone is entitled to their own opinion about it, but porn shaming is sex shaming. And it's just one of those ways that once again, we're being shamed for being sexual. So yeah, let's talk about that today. <laughs> what, was, what was your first exposure to porn? Oh, you know, I remember being probably around, oh, I don't know, fifth grade maybe, and I was at a neighbor's house, and it was all girls that lived there, and uh, it was um, actually a foster home, and so all the girls were their foster kids, and I was friends with a lot of them. It was super fun to be next door to this household full of girls. And so I was having sleepover one night and um, there was one of the girls pulled out a magazine and I didn't know anything about porn. I mean, I, you know, this is like pre-internet, right? <laughs> and so um, she had a magazine and it had just the naked pictures of men and it really, I mean, I say it's probably must have been younger than fifth grade let's say maybe more like third grade. Um, and I remember her like pointing out their dicks, you know, and like the shapes of them, the size of them. I specifically remember her saying like, oh yeah, this one's a diamond shape. <laughs> no, thinking back, I'm like a diamond shaped dick. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, it didn't really do anything for me. I was a little bit uncomfortable, but really I kind of thought it was more weird than anything. And I was boy crazy, like from the time I was like three or four years old. So it wasn't like I was not sexual. Like I was very, very attracted to boys, like always like, oh, I like this boy, I like that boy. Um, but actually like looking at the porn just seemed a little bit weird. It wasn't a turn on for me. So yeah, I hadn't thought about that experience in a long time. Thanks for asking. You're welcome. <laughs> what was yours? What was your first experience? <laughs> my first experience was at my friend Steve's house. We were about 13 and he got his dad's eight millimeter films. And one was a woman deep-throating a guy, vomiting, and then eating the puke off the guy's cock. And the other was a woman fucking a horse. Wow. I, it, <laughs> yeah, it fucked me up. <laughs> I think. I don't know. Maybe. So when you say it fucks you up, like how, how was the experience for you? I enjoyed it. I mean, it was, okay. you know, it was sex. I was 13. Uh -huh. I was fully developed by the time I was 10. Uh -huh. But I didn't know how to masturbate. Nobody ever told me. Right. And I'm not a particularly hands-on guy. 
I'm very unhandy, actually. I'm the least handy man on the planet. Okay. But then my friend Steve told me about it at 13. Uh. He said, yeah, you just go into the shower, and you get some soap, and you take care of business. <laughs> and I said, bye. <laughs> you never came out. And I went home, <laughs> and after about a week, taking about five showers a day, I figured out, you know, I might be able to do this not in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I, when I was a kid, I would read Xavier Hollander's book, the famous madam from Scandinavia, The Happy Hooker. And she had a scene in her book where she was in a particularly dry period for her own sex life. And a German shepherd comes up to her and starts humping her leg and has a full-on hard-on. And she jerks off the German shepherd. Mm. And then she says in the book, it was probably time to uh, <laughs> enliven her own sex life again. But I always found that incredibly erotic. Mm-hmm. And I had a guest on uh, Sex in the Pews recently, and we are talking about porn. And I talk, told the story that I just told uh, our audience now. And then I told the story about Xavier Hollander. And they suggested that, because I've never been into bestiality, but I found that situation incredibly erotic. I went back to that passage in the book over and over again. And they suggested that it may have been because I got turned on as a kid watching a horse fuck a woman. So there was an Yeah, well, and it's just like we were talking about kinks last week and how kinks are developed, right? When And it comes from early sexual experiences. So it absolutely makes sense if you were, you know, turned on by that and that was one of your first sexual experiences, then that kink would have been developed that you carry on. Uh, I was actually recently talking with somebody that told me he dated a woman that the only way that she could orgasm was with her dog licking her pussy. And like he didn't know this at first, so he was dating this woman. And she, um, you know, they would have sex and she wouldn't come. And he didn't really know what to do or, you know, what he was doing wrong. And then one day her dog was there in the room and she um, invited the dog over and let, let him see this happen. And he was like, wow. <laughs> and what, you know, it turned out that when she was young, she had a dog and, you know, her dog would do that to her. And like, that was how she learned to have orgasms. And as that was just something that she carried with her. So, yeah, these things absolutely happen. <laughs> How would you define porn? How would I define porn? Um, well, I mean, porn is watching on screen, right? Um, people having sex. So, would you agree? I never even thought about it. I just assume that's what it is. Either it I, <clears throat> excuse me, and I'm actually looking it up right now, what like Webster's would say would be the definition of pornography. Uh, okay, yeah, this is good. I like it. <laughs> because obviously porn has been around for a long time. Right, before screens. So it's not on screen. I mean, porn in magazines, that's porn also. Uh, porn on, on, on a, the ancient caves and in ancient Rome and Hebrew, or, uh, Egypt and stuff. Mm-hmm. Here, here's the definition from Merriam-Webster. 
pornography is the depiction of erotic behavior, as in pictures or writing, intended hmm. to cause sexual excitement. Okay. So even Xavier Hollander's book would have been considered porn. Hmm. Fascinating. <laughs> I'm thinking about how much porn I've written. Then. <laughs> yes. Or, I mean, I suppose people could consider our podcast porn. Right. Yeah. I'm sure some people do. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe not in a good way. I don't know. I think it's in a very good way. <laughs> why but, why yeah. why generally are men more into porn than women? Generally speaking. What you you asked me that why are men more into it? Yeah. So I think the men are more into the visual aspect of it, but there're a lot of women who are also into it, but they're women tend to be more into the written aspect of it, right? The Fifty Shades of Grey book, like why did that really impact so many women? Which, by the way, I've never actually even read that book or watched the movie because I think there's much better out there, but, um, you know, that like really describes that. But it really did touch like so many women. And there's like, I think the their imagination the way a woman reads something and experiences it is different. Men are so visual when it comes to being turned on. And that's one of the things that I work with guys a lot on. You know, they're very accustomed to getting turned on uh, through porn or through fantasy. And I help them be able to get turned on just by the sensations in their body. So that way they're not reliant on outside sources anymore. And it's really empowering for them to to find that place in themselves where, you know, like, I can do this. I can get turned on myself. I'm not reliant on something else. Uh, but, you know, I guess it's part of, um, I don't know if it's one of those things that, that we've been conditioned in these ways or if there's just something natural about it. I'm actually not sure why, but it definitely does seem to be the case. Like when I've worked with women, it's never come up like I, that they can't get turned on without porn or without fantasy. Some women watch porn, some women fantasize, but it's a completely different than men's reliance on those things. So it's definitely there for whatever reason. Well, one thing that we know uh, is that men and women are different. <laughs> I, bet, <laughs> I, I figured that one out. And in the same way that men's genitalia is on the outside and visual and women on the inside and not visible, that's kind of how men and women, again, generally are stimulated. Women are stimulated emotionally or internally, and men are stimulated by the visual, by the look. And I think that's why. I mean, there might be something to that. I mean, I'm definitely turned on visually, too, though. Like, it's, I mean, I see a hot dude and I'm turned on or, like, sweatpants season. And, like, <laughs> you see that dick poking through and I'm, like, turned on in a second. Uh, so I'm definitely very visual and I can be turned on without the emotional component of it. So... You know, it's not as much as we're different. We're all still very much the same. 
and I think it's more like individual and unique to each person also. Um, I, I think we're all, I like to look at it that we're all on a spectrum and the spectrum varies and there may be like it, men may tend to be the the biggest group of men may tend to be in one part of the spectrum and the biggest group of women may tend to be in an other part of the spectrum, but then there's still so much overlap in between as well. And I just, I have found that trying to put people in a box just does not work. <laughs> right. Well, it's, it's not about putting uh, people in a box because part and parcel with any kind of discussion on sexuality or anything else is that uh, your mileage may vary. There are general rules, generally speaking, there are things that you can bank on generally, but there's always exceptions. And I think one of the things, the byproducts of the Internet age, whether it be with porn or other images and our ability to communicate, is I think men and women, that the lines are starting to be blurred between the genders. And, and a lot of people are freaked out by that. And I think that whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, it's happening. I happen to think it's an effective thing. I think that uh, there have been a lot of masculine women out there in in the past that have not been able to maximize their experience here on the planet. Same thing with there's a lot of men who have a feminine side that had to be tamped down because you got to be a masculine man. And so I think it's a, I think it's a very positive thing. But these are general precepts. The fact of the matter is there would be like no porn industry if guys didn't watch porn. That we know. Yeah, I mean it is that women are becoming are increasing their view of porn. So it's definitely changing. But I absolutely think you're right too as far as the the barriers, the lines. Those things are um, becoming more gray between the genders. Um, and so, uh, you know, and that goes back to how we create, um, in our brains, the pathways to what turns us on sexually. And in the past, if we were only allowed to be turned on in a certain way, if we were only given permission by society, by our spouse, whatever, to be turned on in a certain way, then those would be the, you know, the pathways that our brain had to our pleasure and our turn on. But now so many experiences are open and available to us that we can create, you know, really whatever stories we want to create. And it's actually, they've done studies on people that have certain preferences to the type of person that they're attracted to. And the more different types of people that a person has sex with, the less likely that person is to actually have a preference. So if somebody is only having sex with the same person or the same type of person all the time, then they're going to be like, oh, I have this type. This is my type. You know, you've heard the people talk about their type. Well, those people that <laughs> don't have a type, they are, you know, maybe the person that has had a lot of different sexual experiences. And so their brain is able to experience pleasure linked to different types of people more easily than the person who's only had it in this certain way. That's very, so, yeah, that's really interesting. I ask uh, my clients all the time what type of porn they like. And it's always very interesting uh, the guys that have had limited sexual experiences have limited porn taste, and guys that have been in many different scenarios, they're like, I could pretty much watch anything. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can watch any porn. <laughs> yeah. Just turn it on. I'm happy. <laughs> How about midget porn? You like the midget porn? I haven't watched midget porn. That would be interesting. All right. Though. So you haven't watched Fifty Shades of Grey. You haven't watched midget porn. You've got if you have a homework assignment, you, you you better come up with a New Year's resolution for ex- expanding your uh, your porn viewing. <laughs> <laughs> I will expand my porn viewing before I expand my movie watching. <laughs> Just like to me, I mean, sometimes I enjoy a movie every now and then, like going to the movies can be fun. But like, if I'm not getting off or making money or choking somebody, then it really doesn't. <laughs> serve my life <laughs> like i just spent two hours and i could have been training like i just i i don't have time for it you know and i just have different priorities in my life so movie watching is way on the bottom of the list <laughs> one of the uh, up-and-coming podcasts is called time suck <laughs> and i was like well yes, you, right. you, you, if you're gonna listen to a podcast it should be beneficial and, th- and this one yes. this one certainly is i keep coming back to the woman with the dog licking her pussy what yeah. what what's gonna happen when that dog dies well no 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 i think she had gotten another dog well, well then you got to train the dog all over again or maybe maybe she's training the new dog in anticipation <laughs> like she's got <laughs> she's got one in the bullpen you, you know if you know what i'm saying <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe dogs just like this. I don't know. Well, I mean, I, you, we've all seen the dog that like comes in and goes straight for your crotch, right? Yeah. It's like, it's, it's a pro- pretty common thing with dogs. So maybe that's really what they want. I would love to know <laughs> the training regimen that goes into that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, granted this whole story is hearsay because I did not hear this directly from the woman, but <laughs> But it's still a good story. It's a great story. Here on it the is. Sarah Rose story. Yes. <laughs> our, our our um I well let's let's go to the mailbag right away, okay? Yeah, because I yeah, because I've got a lot of questions about pornography. And if you guys want to ask uh Sarah a question that she will address on this quality show. You can go to uh, Sarah at Tantra. Uh, no, so it's um, the email address is support at tantraactivation.com. Oh, support. I almost gave a, right, a wrong address out. That's all right. It all right happens. So support at tantraactivation.com. Are guys in jiu-jitsu wearing jock straps these days? Do you know? No. What happened to jock straps? I mean, when I, when I was a kid, we used, to, we used to wear cups and jock. I don't think guys wear jock straps anymore, even. I, don't, I mean, I don't know. Jiu-jitsu is the only sport I do, so I can't talk about like what they're doing in other sports. But you know, you know for a fact, for a mortal fact, the guys in jiu-jitsu are not wearing a supporter. Yeah, I mean, I would. I th- pretty sure i'm like 99 percent sure well if you want to have a supporter you have one in uh, sarah rose support at ta- <laughs> see what i just did there support at tantricactivation.com all right so seth from council bluffs iowa wants to know he says sarah how do i know if i'm addicted to porn uh okay so addiction is something that um 
occurs when we have when it's biologically detrimental to us like something like imagine being addicted to heroin like your body has to create an addiction to heroin um, in order for you to continue doing it because doing heroin will kill you so watching porn isn't going to kill you (laughs) you know your wife may kill you for watching porn um, (laughs) or something like that but it's really not an addiction that occurs like drinking too much alcohol that can kill you so that's where addictions happen Um, when I hear guys talk about being addicted to sex like you cannot be addicted to sex sex is something that we need for our species to continue so why in the world would your you know body have to create an addiction to sex um so porn addiction is you know really more of you've created this this um dependency on it and it's like you know or not even dependency but you've created this like habituation this desire for it you know, you're going back to it over and over. Maybe you feel like you can't stop, but really you could stop watching porn, right? It's not like with heroin where you're going to, you know, sleep on the streets if you can't watch porn or you're going to steal from your mother to watch porn, right? It's a different type of situation that's happening. So first and foremost, like, take some control over your life and like, if you like watching porn just own that you like watching porn and don't blame it on an addiction uh so that's you know my stance on that um there's porn is fun to watch you know it's like if you like to watch porn just be like i like to fucking watch porn i really don't like how so many things these days are being blamed on addictions when, you know, it's like more of just own your life. And I think if a lot of people started owning their lives, then we'd be in a much better place than we are now than in this victimhood that we're in. Like, oh, poor me, there's nothing I can do, do about it. I'm addicted to it. Um, yeah, so that's my, <laughs> my stance on porn addiction. How much does guilt play into people? We were talking about heroin and alcohol, but any kind of obsession, specifically porn. Um, Well, I mean, having an obsession is one thing, right? Like, you can totally be obsessed with something. I remember being obsessed with fucking Beanie Babies when I was a kid. (laughs) If there was a new baby, like, I had to go be at the store to buy the fucking Beanie Baby, right? Like, you could say, like, I was addicted to Beanie Babies, but no, I just really liked the fucking Beanie Babies, you know? I mean, (laughs) so... Um, but guilt is definitely a part of it. Like we have so much guilt around our sexuality that it's like, all right, if I'm watching porn, I feel guilty about watching porn. And it's easier to say that this is an addiction than it is to say that I like it because I feel guilty about saying that I like to watch porn. Um, and it's really convenient for, um, spouses You know, if they are with a guy and he watches porn, it can make her feel a lot better. 
if she can say, well, he has an addiction, right? Because now it's a problem. There's, you know, there's a term for it. There's a way to label this. And everyone can just feel a little bit easier once something is labeled. So, you know, if that is a way you want to go about it, fine. That's great. I really don't care. Like if it makes you sleep better at night, if it makes your spouse sleep better at night, thinking you have a porn addiction, then, you know, just, just go for it. But, um, (laughs) I don't recommend like paying people a lot of money to like help you get over an addiction that doesn't occur. Now, if you want to create different outcomes for your life, then I can definitely help you there. Like if you want to watch less porn and be more turned on by the sensations in your body, then as a sex coach, I can absolutely help, help with that. Um, you know, but a lot of guys come to me saying they have porn addiction and they want to work on that. And it's like, all right, let's just put porn addiction here at the door. All right. Let's just set it down and tell me what is it that you'd actually desire for your life? Are you desiring something different? What is it? And we get to the root of what those desires actually are and work towards those. And then the porn just, you know, it takes a back seat. Whatever we focus on is going to grow. That's what's going to expand. If you're focusing on, I have this porn addiction, I have this problem with porn, then the story of porn is going to grow and grow and grow in your head and your relationship. It's going to become this big thing. And if you can just start focusing on something else, then porn's going to find its rightful place in your life, which may be minimized, maybe put aside altogether, whatever that looks like for you as an individual. I have a friend of mine uh, who is gay and was trying for the first half of his life not to be. He was a Christian minister, and he was married with kids, but he was gay. And he tells a story that when he would be on the road, he'd be drawn to a bookstore, to the magazine section. And all he wanted to do was to look at guys' fitness magazines. And he would walk up and down the aisles under the temptation of looking at a man's body. And invariably, he would succumb to that, feel awful about it. And then once he accepted his true sexuality and realized there was no moral implication for being gay, he said he never even thinks about it anymore. (laughs) The concept is this, is that if you make a law over it and you're tempted with it anyway, it's going to add power to the law. There is nothing wrong with pornography. It's, it's, It's art. It's images. Now, it's like any other art. You want to watch a violent, horribly violent slasher movie? Some people are into that. I don't particularly think that's very uplifting, but I'd have no problem if somebody's into scary movies or things like that. Same thing with porn. As long as the people that are involved in it are involved voluntarily and consensually, there's nothing morally wrong with it. If you think that you're doing something wrong by watching porn, that could be why you feel like you're addicted. Because there's an added element of guilt to the attractiveness of what you're into. So just know this, that there's nothing wrong with viewing images of people having sex. 
Not in my opinion. Yeah, and it's also shown that the more access that people have to porn in a society, the the less violent crime that there is. And there there is a small percentage of men that have been studied that if they watch violent porn, then they um, it's more likely that they will act out on that. But the mass majority of guys that have been studied that watch porn, that even if they're watching the violent porn, they have been shown that they don't actually act out on it. So we do want to be, you know, aware of the men that that does impact. And um, those guys need to be seeing um, sex therapist, sex coach, something like that to help them through what, you know, the things that the, the underlying issues that are there with those guys, but keeping in mind that it is, it's not the mass majority of men. I want to say it was something less than 5% of the men that watch porn, um, that were shown to have the potential to act out on it. And of course, no percentage of men is okay. We don't want any man acting out, um, but just to lump all men into this category of, oh, if you're going to watch violent porn, then you're going to act out violently, is just not shown to be true. So, uh, once again, porn shaming is sex shaming. And there's the argument that it's just not natural for men to have access to porn 24-7 like they do now. And, well... Okay, what is natural? If you actually ask um, an evolutionary biologist the term of what natural means, um, they'll say that anything that is possible is natural. We're continually evolving as a species. We can't just say because it's not something that happened 15 years ago, but it happens now, it's not natural evolutionary biologists, they'll show you, like, we continue to evolve as a species. Things are changing all the time. And so if it is possible, it is natural. And that is blows a lot of people's minds. They can't handle it. It's like, well, it didn't happen 50 years ago, so it's just not natural. Exactly. Well, it's just not the way <laughs> you, you know what evolution else is it? works. It's, it's not natural to pick up this little square thing and to be able to push some decimals and some digits and then within a couple of hours or maybe even a half an hour have food at your door that 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 that's that never happened before up until like 10 years ago I mean, but it is but now it is natural it's like, natural this is a natural part of our society and so you know it can be like the the boomer generation as gen z's like to say <laughs> <laughs> like they was called the, the boomers that you know want everything to be as it was and it's like well it's not and it's never going to go back and we're only moving forward things are only changing and so how is it impacting our brains now that's a question that we can look at and having so much access to porn definitely is impacting the way our brains experience sexuality and turn on so in the past, experiencing sex was in the body. It was, you know, something that happens, the turn-on happens inside. And now much of it is, you know, this outward projection. And so it definitely is 
changing. Many guys are reporting, finding that it's a lot more difficult for them to get turned on uh, being with a woman. They're reporting feel, um, having symptoms of erectile dysfunction um, that they associate with watching so much porn for so long. So is it affecting us? Absolutely. But just to blame it and, you know, put it in these, um, like these boxes isn't, isn't true for one and it's not serving us. So let's look at what is actually happening. And more guys than ever are definitely reporting erectile dysfunction. Um, and this porn has something to do with that. I think it likely does. Um, but I think there's more to it as well. I think what's going on in society with male shaming is having impact on guys. There's so many environmental toxins that we're not 100% sure of how they're impacting us sexually. Uh, there's, you know, just like extra estrogen in the water and in the plastics, all of that. Uh, is impacting guys. Or so how, how, about, how about the 10 uh, double bacon cheeseburgers you ate this month? I mean, <laughs> exactly. There's like, there's definitely that as well. So, um, you know, what is, what is a heart on? It's just blood flow in your cock. And so we have to have the clear, can you, can you, can you, can you say that again, Sarah? Can you say that again? Oh yeah. Yeah. So you have to, uh, no, 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 no. Start with what is a hard on. <laughs> it was great. Oh, what, no, <laughs> what is a hard on? You said, oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. It, a, it, it was, it was, it was, it was good porn. It was a good porn moment for me. It was a good porn. I'm sure, okay, I'm sure I'm for sorry. other people. I, no, no, I don't think I you're miss, sorry. <laughs> I miss, well, I'm sorry for misunderstanding. Oh, okay. No, 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 sorry. All right. <laughs> right. But a, a hard on is when there's blood flow in your cock, your cock. Yeah, and your cock is hard. And so if you can't, if you don't have clear open veins for the blood to flow into, then you know that's definitely going to contribute to erectile dysfunction. So there's a lot at play besides porn, um, but porn can definitely be part of what's going on here. I actually was a research assistant at that groundbreaking study on the effects of pornography on young men with uh, Dr. Ed Donnerstein at the University mm -hmm. of Wisconsin in Madison. And it's exactly as you said. What the, what the study indicated was not that guys would be more likely to commit violence, but that, they are, that their attitudes were lowered when watching not only violent sexual images, but just violence of any kind. However, when men, young men, co college-age guys, when they would watch mutually pleasurable porn, it actually lowered their attitude towards violence, towards women. And so the research bore out that pornography actually is a very beneficial thing. And as you said, societies that have uh, openness to porn are a less violent society. And one thing we know is that here in the United States, the Bible Belt exactly mirrors the porn belt. More porn is watched south of the Mason-Dixon line, by far, than where a fundamentalist religion uh, does not have as much sway. Is I mean, that's amazing when you think about it. 
Yeah, and there's a lot of shame that guys have that are watching it, you know, and they just, that, that shame because they masturbate when they're watching porn and so that shame and guilt that they're experiencing really becomes imprinted in them and a part of their sexual experience. So a lot of guys are walking around with a ton of shame, a ton of guilt around their sexuality and that isn't doing any of us any good at all. So, um, one of the things I like to remind guys of is that what they think about when they're masturbating becomes imprinted in their brains. It becomes very habitual, very much a part of who they are. And so being aware, being conscious of the thoughts you're having during masturbation is very, very important. And so what do you, what do you want to feel? What are your desires for your sexuality? Do you want to feel confident? Do you want to feel empowered? Do you want to feel like you are a sex stallion, that you're a man on fire? Then those are the traits to embody when you're masturbating, not being shut up, you know, in dark, you know, shame closet or whatever, you know, like embody the man that you really want to go out into the world as because it impacts you 100%. James from Allentown, Pennsylvania writes and says, Sarah, I like porn with scenarios I have never engaged in personally. Should I pursue some of those scenarios in my sex life? Well, it depends. I mean, do you have a partner that wants to do that with you? If so, absolutely. Go for it. Have fun. Uh, You know, there are a lot of women that are into um, kink, fetishes, BDSM, uh, whatever it is that you're, you're talking about here. Um, But it's all about having a consensual partner. One of the big complaints from women when it comes to porn is that guys try and reenact porn uh, and it just doesn't, um, it doesn't translate, right? Like, and maybe she isn't an engaged, willing participant in this reenactment. (laughs) Like that's, that's a big thing. Like, um, you know, a woman saying he just spit on me when we were having sex and to her, it just comes out of the blue. And it's like, what the fuck is this all about? Like, you're just spitting on me. And in his mind, he's just like in the moment, like, you know, this is something that has been a fantasy. He's seen it on porn. He's like, wanted to do this. And he's just like in it. Right. So have your partner be engaged (laughs) in this role play with you. Um, Make sure you're talking, communicating. So that way everyone's on the same page with it. And then, yeah, do whatever you want. But for guys that just watch porn and this is their method of sex education, then it's not going to get you very far because it doesn't like what you see on porn is designed for the screen. It's designed for viewing pleasure. It's designed for entertainment, designed specifically to get you off. Um, And so you have to realize like it's for a visual experience. When you're actually having sex with somebody, it's a physical experience. It's an interaction with another human being. And it's a different experience that you're having. So so realizing that porn is there for viewing pleasure, 
having sex with somebody is very different experience and don't expect that, you know, you see something porn, you try it on your girl, she's going to like it because most of the time she's not. Women can tell when you're trying out porn moves that you've seen and most of the time they're just turned off by it because it's just like, all right, dude, what are you trying to do here? This isn't, this isn't actually intimacy with me. I'm not feeling connected to you. And that's what we want in sex, right? We can watch porn by ourselves all the time. Why do we have sex with somebody else? Because we want intimacy. We want connection. And so when you're having sex with somebody, that needs to be your focus, not showing off, you know, some moves that you saw on the porn sites. Although porn can be a good source of some education sexually. Can it? Sure. Sure. Of course. I've yet to see it. <laughs> You've yet to see it? Well, just, I mean, just some different positions. I'm not, not that people couldn't learn it in other places, but yeah, you can see some shit that you, you, know, you hadn't thought of or uh, hadn't tried. No doubt about it. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> how, how, uh, effective is it, how, how, how effective is it for either men or women to pursue something that heretofore had just been a fantasy? Uh, you know, it just depends on the person. I think, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are wanting bigger sexual experiences. They're wanting to expand their sexual uh, capacity and they're excited about that. And then there are plenty of others that have no interest. So if that's somebody, if you are that person that's excited by that, then you need to find a partner that is also excited about it as well. They have websites for these things now, I heard. <laughs> like like dating sites? <laughs> or, or anything. I mean, you can find anybody interested in everything and anything, that's for sure. Yeah, but, definitely. But Jamal from Long Beach wants to know how he can introduce his girlfriend to porn. How to do it. How do I introduce my girlfriend to porn, he wants to know from Sarah Rose. Well, I'm, I'm guessing he's just asking, like, he wants to watch porn with her. That's what I would um, prefer. Yeah, so just ask her about it. You know, we need to grow up first and foremost and just have conversations about these things. And, you know, it's like, you have an adult vocabulary, use it. <laughs> so many people are still um, in their sexual identity as children where they can't talk about these things sexually. And so just being a mature adult and, you know, just ask her, hey, what do you think about porn? Do you like porn? Is that something that excites you, interests you? Um, would you be interested in watching it with me? Um, letting her choose the porn, uh, you know, and if she wants to turn it off, turn it off. Um, I don't know. For me personally, like while I enjoy watching porn on my own, I don't really like watching porn with somebody that I'm there to have sex with. Like it doesn't really do much for me. So we're all different um, and just not expecting her to like exactly the same thing that you like. It It may just not turn her on. Um, for me personally, like I don't have any judgment against it. It just doesn't excite me. Like if I'm there with somebody else, I want to be exploring them and not looking at a screen. Harrison from Calgary, Alberta says, Sarah, my wife thinks that when I watch porn, I'm cheating on her and that by watching porn, 
she thinks that she is not enough. What do I say to her? Yeah, this is common uh, thing for women to experience. Uh, you know, if you look at the women that are in porn, they generally have really perfect bodies. They look amazing. They're super sexy, super sexual. And women can feel very inferior um, when they, if they're judging themselves against those women that are in porn. And so I really think that women have a lot of work to do in themselves and to heal their own self-worth, um, to not judge themselves so harshly and to, you know, find their own sovereignty and self-love, belonging, all of that within themselves. Um, and, you know, just realize, I mean, it's with porn, but it's even if, you know, someone we're in relationship with is attracted to someone else. Just because they're attracted to someone else doesn't mean something is wrong with us, right? Like we're humans. We have, it's natural for us to have desires and for attractions and, um, like, you know, every relationship has its own boundary. And so you, you want to make sure you're clear about that. Um, but if a woman is like really able to be confident in who she is, then a guy watching porn or being attracted to another woman is going to impact her a lot less. So, um, I think that it's important for you to have this conversation with your wife. And if, you know, you as a couple have to become very clear on the boundaries in your relationship because your relationship is specific to you. It's going to be different than any other relationship. And it's just, um, you know, rather than you judging her, she judging you and letting it come up in your relationship against each other, coming to a consensus and agreement of what, what your boundaries are. How advisable it is if a guy wants to introduce his girlfriend or wife to pornography, how advisable is it to do a screening of maybe something like Fifty Shades of Grey or something more erotic, if you will, versus straight out porn to kind of introduce them to images like that that have a storyline? Women, generally speaking, if they are into porn, it's they they want a story behind it. They want some emotion. Again, generally speaking, how effective would that be to uh, whether it be with uh, Harrison's wife in Calgary or Jamal's girlfriend in uh, in Long Beach to show them some images that might even be in a movie theater? Yeah, absolutely. You know, do that. See if they get turned on by it. Um, and never shaming her or belittling her for her feelings and what she wants and her desires, you know, letting her have what, whatever it is that is true to her. Uh, and then also seeing what work you can do in yourself to become more turned on by the sensations in your own body. Guys that I work with generally report back that they watch less and less porn um, after doing work with me. And it is not something that I push at all. Clearly you're hearing from me right now. I'm not anti-porn. I'm supportive of porn. So I don't ever put this on my male clients that they should not watch porn. 
But just by doing the practices that I give them, they're so much more turned on by what's actually happening in their bodies that they just tend to not desire to watch porn anymore. So that's always a possibility for you to look at as well. This is so interesting because you've talked about how the sex stallion training, Man on Fire, can actually have guys experience full body orgasms, which is uh, usually has been restricted to the female gender, if you will. And guys, again, more visually stimulated, but maybe, but maybe, uh, as they get more in touch with their bodies, as maybe more women are than men, generally speaking, uh, who are sexual, that, that the visual, as you say, maybe not be as critical in their sexual experience. Yeah, they just, they just say that they, they are so much more satisfied um, and they feel much better not watching porn. The sex is better. And so for them, it's just not even worthwhile to watch porn anymore. Now, if the sex stallion training gets them to watch less football, that would be something to uh, report. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I will have to ask that question. <laughs> Are you watching less sports, fellas? After how how did the sex stallion training uh, for Christmas go? You, you were doing a great job talking about it. Oh yeah, it was so much fun. Oh my god, I loved getting all of the the Instagram replies from people. <laughs> It was very, very interesting. Um, and let's see, the last question that I asked for them to give me a fight name, and that was really funny. Uh, so a couple, I don't know, like maybe three years ago or so, my producer gave me the name Sarah fucking Rose. And so for my fight name, I went with Sarah Fisting Rose. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, what were some of the other good ones? Uh, let's see. Someone said Ceranosaurus sex. That was cute. <laughs> um, uh, oh, God, I don't remember. Here, let me look. I can well, it's, find it's, real it's really, what? I was going to say, this is a good reason to make sure you're following uh, Sarah Jiu-Jitsu on Instagram, Sarah Rose Jiu-Jitsu, or uh, Tantric Activation on the Instagram. You, you, you're, you're going to want to see these for yourself, folks. Things like this. Oh, yeah. Okay, someone is Sarah Mare Rose, I guess. So Mare being the opposite of Stallion. That was cute. Uh, I got the Cockmaster Rose. Uh, oh, someone wrote in the Tantric Terror. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, I thought that one was really cute. Uh, let's see where these are. I've had... Oh, okay. This was this is another question. What is your dick name or fantasy dick name? My my big vanity uh, <laughs> banana because it's slightly bended. Someone wrote epic, hung Lu, boner mountain, Donkey Kong. My little my uh, oh little then with his name vitamin D, disco dancer boom boom boom. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Butterfingers. Uh, okay, then here are these ones again. What should my fight name be? I like to be choked. The Heartbreaker. Sarah Soul Stealer Rose. Sarah Lose Her Clothes Rose. That's a good one. Sarah the Dominatrix Rose. Sarah the Submissive. 
super horny damn hot rose <laughs> death by snoo snoo <laughs> yeah <had> some, <laughs> had some cute ones come in uh and the, that was fun the, the sex stallion training guys is ongoing you can start at any time and oh yeah definitely get started i mean i know the holidays have been busy and everyone's been you know had all the family stuff going on but uh get going with sex stallion training don't wait or another minute you seriously don't have time to lose there's there, there is no question about that i mean get on it it's, Get yeah, on it. Yeah, nobody's getting any younger. Exactly, right? It's like, what the fuck are we waiting for? <laughs> Even though we had talked in episode two about doing the show on porn, you were hesitant to do it because you're in the middle of reading a, a book. Do you want to mention that? And that at another time we'll uh, revisit the topic. We can never talk enough about porn. That's oh, right. Sure. Yeah. I mean, this is definitely a conversation that is ongoing. Um, so, yeah, I started reading um, Dr. David Lay's book, um, Ethical Porn for Dicks. Um, I actually got to meet David when I was in Albuquerque in uh, October. And then, you know, as happens with the holidays, life has been so busy. And I got through about half the book and didn't finish it. So I'm really excited to get back into that now that the holidays are over, finish that up and report back to you all with more information there. But David is a, an amazing human being. He's also a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Uh, and he does it with one arm. So... Very, very impressive individual, uh, great guy. So definitely check out his book. Uh, he's a he's definitely someone to watch. I look I look at him and the work that he does as someone um, that I follow personally and really uh, have a lot of um, gratitude for him being out there doing this work. What do you mean he does it all with just one arm? Yeah, he has one arm. Oh, oh, just oh, he literally just just has one arm. Yeah. I thought you might have meant, like, to make a point. <laughs> Just doing it. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, he has one arm. How, yeah. How did that happen? Did you ever ask him? Uh, you know, I feel like I maybe watched something once that, like, a video that maybe said, but I don't remember. Uh -huh. But he's always, I think he was born with one arm. Yeah, that's, that can happen. How? Where'd you grow up? I grew up in Phoenix. So, so that's where the cock comes from. The way you say cock, it's it's a very sort of Western. <laughs> it's it's just I, I, is that bad? <laughs> that that I, I love how you say cock. <laughs> well, at least you like it. I mean, <laughs> no, I love it. I've been to Texas a long time though, but I lived in New York for five years too. Been around. Is where's your favorite place that you've lived? New York, definitely. NYC. I fucking love it. Yeah, I that, miss it. It's that city is so fine. They named it twice. You know that. That's so right. nice. The city they named twice. <laughs> so I. So why are you in Texas instead of NYC? Oh uh, well, family, family stuff. All right. Well, that's a good reason. As as, yeah. go, as good as any. And and did you, and how was your Christmas? Christmas was great. How was yours? It was amazing. It was incredible. Thank you for asking. Um, very non-religious family here in Tampa, Florida, but it was family, and uh, this it was a good time. And uh, yeah, and plus I just had my 60th birthday party on top of that. So 
I've been on the struggle bus, if you know what I'm saying, sir, a little bit. Mm, yeah, <laughs> it was actually really great. My um, Both of my grandmothers and my grandfather uh, were all here together for Christmas, and my brother and I got to have a photo with the three of them. So my grandmother and grandfather on my mom's side have been divorced since before I was born. And my grandfather on my dad's side died before I was born. And so I'm very fortunate to have grown up with three grandparents, um, but none of them have had, you know, have been together. And so um, this Christmas, all three of them were here together and my brother and I got to get a photo with them all. And it was the first time ever in our entire lives that we've gotten a photo with the three grandparents that we have that's so, so cool that, that was really special it really was do your grandparents know what you do um so my grandmothers do i don't know if my grandfather does or not um i don't talk to him as often as the other two i'm very close with both of my grandmothers and, and what do they think oh they're very supportive really really proud of me would it be fair to say the apple has not fallen far from the tree, perhaps? Um, so it's a completely different world that we live in now than we did when, you know, they were my age. And so um, they, for them, like what I do would be completely unfathomable. But they just see how strong, independent I am, how empowered I am. I mean, and they've known me my entire life. Like <laughs> they've know, They know the Sarah that as a little girl who was just rebellious and independent and had a stubborn streak and, you know, was going to like do things her way and work so hard. And, you know, so what I do now is like just an, an expression of that, you know? And so I think that they they just are proud of me being me and they just see how work, how hard I work. And, um, they're just proud of that. They see a strong, empowered woman. So, and that's what we yeah. hear on the program every week and uh, can be found at Sarah's website at tantricactivation.com. Yes. A strong, empowered woman. My grandmother, who's been dead for Jesus, 45 years, she would grab um, either her granddaughters or their grandson that was marrying into the family, and they 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 are the, the the woman that was marrying into the family. And my grandmother was as prim and proper a woman as you can possibly imagine. But here was the advice that she would give the women coming into marriage. And my grandparents were together for like sixty years. She said, "Be a lady in the parlor and a whore in the bedroom." <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and that was like in the 1950s and shit, you know? And so, you know, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree here. I like uh, pushing the envelope, obviously, too. And uh, even though people may not understand you, may not get it, if you're confident in, in, in what you're doing, uh, whether it be on, in your sex life or any other area, and that you're a decent person and considerate, and confident, confident is irresistible, very attractive, uh, you're probably going to be okay. No doubt about mm. 
Yeah, I mean, Christmas Eve, I was at candlelight service with my grandmother. You know, she's a devout Christian. Like, she loved Jesus her entire life. She wakes up every morning and prays. She prays for me. She prays for her whole family. You know, she's so grateful to be able to be there on Christmas Eve because she's um, 95 years old, and she, it's very difficult for her to leave the house anymore. And so she is just, like, so has so much gratitude, you know, and then at this, but then the next day, like we're able to still like talk and have conversation about everything that I'm doing and, you know, the work I'm doing with men and helping them. And she's just so proud of me. She's like, thank you for helping the men. They needed so much help right now. And, you know, she's just like, (laughs) boy, is she right. I know, and she's so proud of me, you know, and like, I remember a few years ago when um, Madonna was awarded the uh, Woman of the Year Award, and she gave the most incredible speech that I watch all the time, just as, you know, whenever I'm feeling like just losing my footing because being a woman in this field, trust me, I get so much attack and like, I look to Madonna for inspiration and my grandmother and I are like watching this video of Madonna's acceptance award. And my grandmother's just crying because she knows how far women have come over the last hundred years. She has seen it firsthand, you know, to see a woman like Madonna who's been around for so long and just like really pushed women forward. And then for me, her granddaughter to be able to do the work that I do She's really proud of that. That is so awesome. Yeah. Well, that is uh, the Sarah Rose story. Sarah Rose story. Support at tantricactivation.com for ideas for other topics that you'd like to see uh, dealt with on the program, for questions for Sarah during the mailbag episode, or just to reach out, support at tantricactivation.com. The Instagram uh uh, address is Tantric Activation, as well as uh, Sarah Rose Jiu-Jitsu uh, on the Insta machine. Well, thank you for sharing your story. All right. Thanks for being here, Glenn.